I bind unto myself today the gift to call on the Trinity, the saving faith where I can say, Come three in one, oh one in three, be above me as high as the noonday sun, be below me the rock I set my feet upon, be beside me the wind on my left and right, be behind me, oh circle me with your truth and light. La da 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 Good morning, Clony Park. This is Pastor Dave, and it is June 14th, 2020. It's the third Sunday of Pentecost during the pandemic. Today's message is based on Psalm 139, verses 1 to 18 and 23 to 24 from the English Standard Version. The message is entitled, Lead Me in the Way Everlasting. The Lord is here. Indeed, he is. It is so good to be together. Last week, Nick continued to help us cut large swaths through the pretty thick book of Romans. And this week, we're back into the Psalms. You may notice that the writing style is very different between the book of Romans and the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms isn't meant to be read like a story, nor history, nor a textbook on law. It's meant to be read more like a book of poetry, if you will. Although filled with creative language and at times raw emotion, the book is filled with truth. The Psalms are the most widely read book of the Bible. The early church read the Psalms, not only as a book of poetry, but it used it as their Psalter, their hymn book. So it was used as a book for reflection and for worship. If COVID-19 wasn't testing enough, another Black Lives Matter murder followed by riots in response to the police brutality to protests addressing systemic racism these past few weeks has seen some crazy things. George Floyd's murder has taken on so much weight in symbol and outrage, and now our nations, indeed our world, is reeling as it takes a moment to look at itself in the mirror again. Friends, things will not be going back to the way they were. There will be a new normal when this is all said and done. These challenges to the status quo were coming, and the pandemic has just accelerated that. Relationships have never healed. Conflict based on a history fraught with trouble in race relations. Our history may not have the same players as the U.S. However, our nation has no shortage of systemic evil in the form of racism in its structures. We've just seen again on the news another beating of a First Nations chief by the RCMP. How are we supposed to respond to such a chaotic season around us? Not only are we supposed to self-isolate during a time of pandemic crisis, now we're facing some major social unrest. I hope we don't barricade ourselves from one another. Let's commit to fighting against living in fear. Let's live out. Let's Be the good news to the world around us. The Psalms invite us to go back to the throne room of the king. We are reminded that there is a higher power, another one, capital O, who cares for his creation, and we're a part of that. The Psalms give us a language to both celebrate the joys and wrestle with the horrors of our 
human experience. This past week is an occasion to dig down deep and pray the Psalms, to talk to God and worship with the Psalms, especially when we do not have the words. So at this point, I invite you to read with me Psalm 139. If you'd like, you can close your eyes and listen to the words of the psalmist. If not, please feel free to follow along on your screen or on the page in your Bible in front of you. Today, as I said before, we read from the English Standard Version. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Search me, O God, know my heart, try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, verses 1 to 18, and verses 23 to 24. I think we need to understand, first and foremost, that this psalm was written from a place of awe. It focuses on the greatness of God, but even more than that, the love and care that God has for each and every one of us. God knows everything about us. Not in a creepy, stalking kind of way, but the way that a parent knows her child, the way a poet knows his verse, and the way a surgeon knows their instrument. Psalm 139 declares that God knows us intimately, yet he still loves us. The thing is, we get that confused a lot due to the culture that we've been raised in. We live in a culture that values commerce and trade, and there are reward systems in place. Our schools are built on that philosophy. Work hard and you'll do great. In our economy, hard work and self-sufficiency are the metrics for success. And now, there are merits to this. I'm not bemoaning that. We wouldn't have all the technological advances and life's conveniences, our basic needs, without a capitalist economy. But the system, our Western culture, the air that we breathe, 
It does terrible damage to our conception of love, especially when it's commodified. Love is something that is not earned. The love of God is not a commodity, nor it is an emotion. It is, in fact, the essence of who God is. The death of Christ is the indisputable sign, the proof, as the Apostle Paul put it, that shouts to us, God loves us. God loves us. Just look what he did for us. He died for us. What more could God have done to show us how much he loves us? Now, not only is this amazing love not an emotion, it's not a commodity, it is also not something we can merit or earn. Now, our world functions on a system of rewards and punishments, and so many of us are desperately trying to earn a love we already possess. And we're fearful of forfeiting, so we grasp onto it as tight as we can, and we're fearful of losing a love that we can never lose. This whole system has to be unlearned. One of the greatest hindrances to accepting God's acceptance of us is our brokenness, our sinfulness. We've missed the mark. Some of us are aware of the huge gap between who we want to be and who we are. Some of us are liars. Some of us are cheats. Some of us are thieves or pornographers. Some of us work too hard or eat too much or we play too much and don't nourish ourselves enough. Choose your addiction, your self-medication. The chasm between who we want to be and who we are. That chasm is the cause of much of our shame. We make promises to God and we have every intention of being pure we are soon confronted with our own limitations and we're sometimes shocked with our own depravity and we break those promises. And those of us who pursue God and the things of God intensely as I try to, will feel this pain even more sharply, especially when we fall. Some of us want so desperately to believe that God loves us, but we often doubt it because of our sinfulness. And so we're sometimes going out and doing something to prove that we're not worthy of God's love. But the trouble with that line of thinking is that God's love is not based upon our actions. Continual failures becomes the devil's playground, and for in them he whispers things like, See, I told you you are a sham a fake, a sinner, and God knows it. You are deluding yourself if you think he really loves you. And so if we listen to that voice, if we listen to the voice of the accuser, our confidence in God's love is easily destroyed. It gets chipped away. And our continual falling and failing and scraping our knees makes it difficult to believe that somehow God thinks well of us. But friends, Reading the Psalms, especially reading Psalm 139, reminds us that God is bigger than our sinfulness, bigger than our brokenness, bigger than our failures, and He is able to love us even in our darkest moments. Anytime we focus on our performance, it cuts us off from God, because God's grace is greater than even our darkest sin. This is not about our righteousness. 
our righteousness is all in Jesus. It seems that in Psalm 139, God is saying, I'm not worried so much about how you're doing as much as I'm glad about who you are. God says, I see all of you, warts and all, but I'm not leaving. I still love you and I love everything about you. The scriptures also say, don't get too hung up in our failures, our weaknesses, our addictions. It doesn't make us separate from God because he still loves us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus in Romans 8, 38, 39. We'll look at that in another couple weeks. The love of God is not an emotion, it's not a commodity, it isn't earned. The love God has for us is not a sappy, sweet love, but an earthy, real, blood and guts kind of love that is willing to die for us, friends. Jesus' message is not to be good boys and good girls so that when we die we can go to heaven. The message of Jesus is, I love you, and I love you so deeply It's killed me. And so as we go from here, dear friends, as we move into the weeks ahead, I want us to remember that God does not want performance from us. Let's not pray, God, please use me. Just forget that. God doesn't need us for anything. And that's the truth. God doesn't want to use us. We can't earn his love. He simply wants us to love him. God wants us to love him. And so, as we relearn how much we need to be versus doing something to earn his favor, let us remember whose we are, friends. And in so doing, join the psalmist in verses 23 to 24 in following the shepherd. The psalmist cries out, Lord, lead me in the way everlasting. There is no better, no more adventurous, no more safe place to be than following in the Lord's footsteps, even if it's going through a storm, or even if it's following him through the valley of the shadow of death. And so as we move into this new week, let us remember that God is love. He isn't someone who loves in a flighty way. In the words of the Apostle Paul from his letter to the church in Ephesus, chapter 3, verses 14 to 19, I want to read you this. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Dear Lord, we want to thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for never abandoning us, even in pandemic. Despite what we do or what we don't, thanks be to God 
and in the precious name of our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus. Amen. Friends, sometimes it does feel like we need to do something. I too admit that, especially when we've been in lockdown for this extended period of time. My hope is that Steve Bell's song, The Lorica, can help us as we remind ourselves of whose we are. So in the spirit of Psalm 139 and St. Patrick's breastplate prayer, listen to the beautiful melody and lyric of The Lorica. Peace to you. Amen. I bind unto myself today The gift to call on the Trinity The saving faith where I can say Come three in one, oh one in three Be above me as high as the noonday sun Be below me the rock I set my feet upon Be beside me the wind on my left and right Be behind Oh, circle me with your truth and light. La da 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 be above me as high as the noonday sun Be below me the rock I set my feet upon Be beside me the wind on my left and right Be behind me or circle me with your truth and light la da 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 Against all powers deceiving Against my own unbelieving Whether near or far I bind unto myself today The hope to rise from the dust of earth Songs of nature giving praise To Father, Spirit, living word Be above me as high as the noonday sun Be below me the rock I set my feet upon Be beside me the wind on my left and right Be behind me or circle me with your truth and light La-da-da-da-da-da-da-da La-da-da-da-da-da Bind unto myself today the gift to call on the Trinity.